This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 152 for December 2020 with Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler in for a roundtable discussion. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 152 for December 2020 with Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler. Andrew and Fred are both return guests. There's no formal topic this month. Instead, we have a roundtable discussion, something we've done twice before as December episodes, and we really enjoyed. Topic starters for a discussion are the topics that we discussed in the previous 11 episodes from the show throughout the uh, 2020 year. Show notes for this episode are also available at echozoe.com slash 152. And with that, let's get to the discussion with Andrew and Fred. So Andrew and Fred, we're back to our, this is our third annual now? Round I believe discussion. it is, yes. Fred and Andrew doesn't, uh, he, he just nods. And this is an audio only version of the show. I did, I'm not doing video this time, so <laughs> I'm just going to have to do commentary. Yeah, he's smirking. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for great radio. Yeah. You talk or about that on podcast. so we want to so you want to be a podcaster, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, well, I we teach people how to cut out the dead air in post. Oh, so you have to make dead air first in order to cut it out. <laughs> actually, actually in is totally like not a great introduction, but yeah, actually the way Colleen and I do so you want to be a podcaster that podcast is we basically I'll talk when I'm done. I just stop talking. There's this long pause. Well, then she knows to start talking. And if she doesn't have anything to add, there's a long enough pause. I just start going on to the next subject. And then with one button, cut out all of that silence. Hmm. Okay. You're doing a YouTube video on how to do that. Wow. Uh, Actually, I think I have that video up in, uh, I don't know if I put it up in the training section for the Christian podcast community, but we do have our tutorial section. I don't know. I'm in the Christian podcast community, but I'm not on Facebook, so I don't get a lot. No, no, no. I'm talking about the website. There's the members page and you can get there. Fred camp because he doesn't have a podcast yet. No, but he's got that fancy little white uh, snowball microphone though, which is really all you need. Yes. That's probably all I need. And I, and, and a manuscript to read and, (laughs) Something compelling and interesting. So we've spent already about 40 minutes before hitting record just bantering back and forth. And I'm afraid that now we're going to spend another 40 minutes before we get to topic. And as the host, it is my job to keep the discussion. But one thing, one thing, I mean, the reason you're not doing video, I just want to verify the reason you're not doing video is because Fred's real name is a girl's name. Is that that right? I mean. He, he's obviously right. using some. Oh, you mean the Ellie thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, Andrew. going to tell the name. <laughs> you know, in this uh, coronavirus world, <laughs> I've identify learned. identify yourself as Ellie. 
I, yeah, I've learned a lot about Zoom, Andrew, and and you as the host of this meeting can go in and change his name. That is true. I have no idea how to change it. I just know that my daughter uses my computer every once in a while to do Zoom things, and and they said, "Oh, it's Zoom." Well, I think I got that on my computer. <laughs> Why I don't know. But see if I can make it work. Oh yeah, you're the dog, the dog face king. That's good. That's a good one. So the way this works is our third annual roundtable discussion is where this is our December. The way this works is that we try to get you off track and we're usually pretty successful. You're usually very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I did realize for the record, before we get started, I think that I've realized why you invite Fred and I on because we discuss your full year of episodes and you get Fred and I to go. We've already listened to every episode, but then we go in and re-download them all. Right. I got 22. 12 downloads from each of us. Well, there's 11 episodes that we did this year times the two of you is 22 extra downloads. Yes. And then maybe a few listeners will say, oh, that was an interesting little recap of XYZ episode. And so maybe I'll go back and listen to that one again. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't catch it the first time. It sounded interesting. So, yeah, it's a sly little secret. Well, you you are wearing a Batman shirt, so that must be why. Yep. You can call me Bruce Wayne, though. So we we should at least introduce ourselves. My name is Fred Butler. I work at Grace to You. Are you the mailroom guy? He is. And I'm Andrew Rappaport, and I make smart alecky wisecracks (laughs) (laughs) on podcasts. You're good at it. Fred the dog faced king. What the? Oh, he just finally saw the name I changed it to. (laughs) You're going to have some editing work to do, Andy. I am. Yeah. So the way this works is that we're going to. Just talk for, well, it'll probably be a long episode the way we go. And kind of as a basics of discussion is previous episodes. And so to kick us off, we'll talk a little bit about uh, January is going back. It's been a while. Forever. Uh, I talked to Jim Tingler of iTech, which was a very interesting organization. That was a pre-COVID episode. By it the way. was. It was. Like, it was you know, the last time I saw Fred was at Shepherd's conference, and that was pre-COVID, which is, just seems so long ago. But COVID had just happened. Yeah, it was. Well, it well, it was just starting because it was yes. like when I got back that we we hit it. But the, the iTech one was interesting. I, I I hadn't heard of that organization prior, so this was uh, the organization. Really, uh, Steve Saint, I think was Steve Saint. Yeah, and that's where, you know I had read Portland. a biography with my kids on Nate Saint. And I thought, oh, the, you know, it was such a cool story. And I know a lot of people had heard it before I before I did, before I read that with my kids. And, you know, they've they've heard of, um, is it uh, Through the Gates of Splendor and End of the Spear and, you know, the books and movies and stuff. There's a, it, Nate Saint is a very, very well-known missionary from the 1950s that was uh, working in Ecuador as a pilot, Bush pilot, and um, was killed by this... Uh, tribe that he was trying to reach and uh and then steve was his son and i was just kind of sitting around after reading the book and uh, i think it was out in the backyard having a bonfire and i had my ipad with me and said well, we should look look up and see if there's anything more on the subject on youtube and i found saint uh, steve saint and it was he's he had a whole bunch of really cool videos kind of fast forwarded from the 1950s when his father was killed up 
right up to the present day and, and growing up in that tribe after his father was killed and with his aunt and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, that's what attracted me to it was that cool story. And, and then they have this interesting organization that, that sprung up from. Yeah. I mean, that was really neat. The organization. Cause I, I hadn't heard about that before your episode. I, I didn't know that they were looking to train up, train up aviators there to, mm-hmm. so they're not the ones flying in to, to do all this and then to train up dentists and others to be able to, to help in these, these areas to get in to, to share the gospel. So I, th- I thought that was really neat. Uh, it, it was an organization I just wasn't familiar with. So I appreciated that episode. Yeah. And that's why the kind of cool angle I thought too, was I think what you're getting at was just seeing that they were seeing the problem with typical missions work where a missionary goes in and he spends his whole life with a, with an indigenous people. And then when he's gone, then, then the, the, the community just kind of falls apart because they never really learned how to, uh, to, to build a church on their own. And this organization is really built on, well, we're going to really the purpose of missions is to, to raise up leaders within a community and start churches, not not for an outsider to come in and and just run it indefinitely. It was also neat. I mean, they're they're they are from what I remember with that episode. It was interesting because they 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 are trying to come up with new ways to get things done, like having the drones to deliver packages instead of sending people in, mm-hmm. and so they could be in one central place and use the drones to do stuff. That was, that was kind of you know. A neat idea. I mean, I wonder how that would work for <clears throat> you think about the way things are with um, North Korea. I always remember that Voice of the Martyrs would have these balloons that they'd fill with helium. And it was basically the gospel of Mark in Korean on a balloon. And they would there's a time of the year where the wind goes from South Korea into North Korea. So they go into South Korea and they they release all these balloons so that the gospel will get into North Korea, you know, mm-hmm. as they, as it falls down. I, I wonder if, you know, like these drones, like just going in and just dropping Bibles, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Seeing them come up with things where they're uh, more of that training, the indigenous people to do things too, with, with like different ways of like these tribes in Ecuador are just so remote that there's no roads there. Um, it takes days and days to, to, to hike in from the nearest road. And, um, and Nate Saint really got started because he was a bush pilot. He could he could land. Uh, you know, when he first met this tribe, that when he was killed, he was landing on a little beach on the side of the river, just putting his plane down, a little piper. And they're doing things like um, powered parachutes now and stuff uh, to try to help people get in and out. And hmm. yeah. Fred missed it, so that was the one episode that I did not listen to. But I have heard Steve Saint talk at Grace Church about all of this, and I think the time that he came, it was during one of the early times of the Shepherds Conference when they uh, started to revamp those. And he did a Saturday session for all the pastors, and he brought the guy that I think who killed. He killed his dad. Yeah, he was like an adopted father, really. Yeah, brought him, brought him there, and he couldn't understand a lick of what he was saying. <laughs> but you know, he was there, shaking hands and welcoming the crowd, and, and he gave his testimony, and Steve translated it, and so it was interesting. 
I'm familiar with his their work and what they're trying to accomplish, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, and anybody who hasn't heard the story, the whole Nate Sate story, and then in through Rachel, his sister, and um, and Steve, his son, and it's very very cool story, very. Mm. Uh, and Very he was the one that was killed with Jim Elliott. And yeah, Jim Elliott, and uh, there was five of them: Roger Udaren, and so people are not familiar with Nate Saint. Yeah, and we've been we still kind of continue through. There's a series of these missionary books that we started through our homeschool curriculum. It's a a, a couple that writes a, tons of these books, and you know we've read a, which, like which books are they? They're the um, I want to say Christian Heroes. I'm familiar. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen them on the Bengis. I think the Bengis are usually small. They're usually they're, yeah. sh- they're kind of short. They're not huge. Yeah, the 150 yeah. to 200 pages. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, we've read uh, Corey Tenboom and uh, George Mueller and uh, Hudson Taylor, and mm-hmm. there's there's like 30 or 40 of them. Fred Butler. Fred Butler. <laughs> that one was the one that was really exciting in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. The story of Fred Butler's life. Yes. <laughs> the dog face. The dog face. People king. were and uh, yeah, uh, we, they were. What it's what it's, what it's like to run the mailroom at Grace to you. There's <laughs> yes. stories there. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll skip a past. little bit. Uh, I w- in February I had bobbed away and we talked about Ephesians. Um, he had been and still is preaching through Ephesians. So we had a discussion in February about Ephesians. Anything you want to talk about with that or um, we can go on to. Well, you didn't make it through all of Ephesians. No, we didn't. <laughs> and just now I think he's, he's just getting into Ephesians six and his preaching. So we're just kind of getting towards the end of Ephesians. How, how many, where was he at when he talked, he talked about that in February. Um, Andrew might remember better than I do. I want to say three or four, maybe yeah, three. I, I don't remember. No, there was some interruption because of the Corona stuff. I think he got out of it a little bit. We were doing zoom church for a couple months and, right. uh, he does, uh, at our church, we have two preachers and if one, one preaches and the other does adult Sunday school. And I think they were focusing on their Sunday school books while we were kind of in the spring when we were doing Zoom church. So that slowed us down a little bit. But I want to say we were in Ephesians 3 or 4 back in February. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good discussion. And, you know, it was provided a good overview of the book, uh, even though, I mean, uh, obviously you didn't get to every chapter like you planned, but mm-hmm. there was, that was because there was good discussion. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I did like that one. I appreciate it. You know, he gave a good background of Ephesians, the, you know, just the book itself where some, and that's necessary mm-hmm. whenever studying a, a book of scripture to know the big picture, to know the cultural background, to know what's going on. A lot of people, when they get study Bibles, they don't read those first couple introductory pages that describe the book. And yet that's so that's so helpful mm-hmm. for people to know, hey, we're going to dig into this book. It's good to know the background, to know the history, to know the people that this was written to. I would even encourage folks to, um, you know, one of the things you can do for your devotional is just find some pastor or somebody that's written well on some book of the Bible and just kind of read their commentary on 
you know, on that book. So that way you're getting to know, you know, someone who's reliable is not going to teach you a bunch of higher critical nonsense and gobbledygook, but you know, I would recommend John MacArthur would be someone. Kid. Uh, my friend. <laughs> How do you Cam spell Ray. that? Oh, wait, are you being biased being yeah, in biased. his church? Is that uh, it? But, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones and his four or five, I uh, know eight volumes on Ephesians that he preached through this, through the book. Um, no, my friend Cameron just recommended one of the things he's doing is, uh, I work with Cameron Butel at grace to you. And he's, He's been going through, he started in Matthew and he's working his way through every John MacArthur commentary on the New Testament. He goes, I've never really read them. You know, I wanted to, I've studied out of them occasionally for sermon prep, but mm-hmm. I just want to read them, you know, as my just devotionals. And so he's in the book of Luke. I think he's in somewhere in the middle of Luke somewhere. Um, so that was a good challenge. I picked up his commentary on first and second Thessalonians. I'm kind of reading through that, maybe a, you know, page or two here and just kind of reflecting on what, you know, the book is about and what the text is about, but, you know, doing something like that helps you to kind of get an overview of, you know, a solid book that you want to read and, and uh, encourage, helps you in your spiritual growth. I think it's much better than just doing some kind of bland devotional. Yeah. I was just going to say that too, that it, it uh it can be maybe it's just because it's a nice change but you get used mm-hmm. to doing like your through the bible in a year plans a lot of people do or mm-hmm. um where they're just going to sit down and try to regularly read well it's easy for your mind to start wandering and you just kind of blow through it because that's your habit and that's what you want to do and you want to check it off of your to-do list and whatnot but it can be a lot more fruitful to just pick a book and, and really get to know the book and and get some to read it uh, over and over again. Yeah. Well, one of the things no. that's really helpful to me many years ago is to memorize books, <clears throat> not just verses. I mean, memorize a whole book, take mm-hmm. a small book. I, I think I started with Titus, but to memorize a book of the Bible, you really have to get to know the outline of mm-hmm. the book. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you go through, I mean, right now I'm preaching through Mark. And one of the things I do is, and this was actually from one of uh, the pastors there at uh, at Fred's church got me onto an app that will play. You could uh, have different voices and, and different translations through scripture. And so basically every day I'm going through the entire gospel of Mark every day in audio. That actually helps me as I'm preaching, you know, in I'm right now in Mark six, but I, I have the idea where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's just that constant mm-hmm. context that is helpful. And it really, it takes about, <clears throat> you know, I, I play it, I think at the most I could do is double speed. And I know, you, <laughs> you know, and Andy makes fun of me because I listen to podcasts at triple speed. Um, but, you know, it takes me about 20 minutes to get through the gospel market double speed. Yeah, I don't know how people do it. I, I can, I can do a little bit of, of fast speed. I just I have to just, do it. Otherwise I don't, I, lose I, know, I know you listen. My mind wanders. Yeah. What, what app is that, that they recommended? What's it called? It was, uh, it was, I think called dwell. Dwell. Yeah, dwell. I'll have to check that out. And it's so, I mean, there's a lot of audio apps that you could get the Bible. The neat thing with this one, it was Carl Hargrove that told me about it. Um, he uses it. And it, the neat thing is you, it's, you're not hearing the same exact voice every day. So I can change translations. I could change voices, put music behind it if you want, but, um, it just, 
it's good because it kind of every day I'm listening to it on a different voice and sometimes a different translation. Interesting. Now, I did years ago something kind of like you're saying, memorizing a book, and I I don't remember who it was that pointed me to it. It might have been a John MacArthur thing. I can't remember, but I remember and it's been at least ten years ago going through, and I think I did First John, and and did it by just rereading the same book over and over again for a month. And you, you read through it for a month, and then by the time you get to the end of the month, you've pretty well got it. Yeah. Maybe not word for word memorized, but you, you're pretty good. And, you know, I, even to, to today, I may not, if I don't go back to Titus, I won't have it word for word memorized. But I have a general idea of the layout mm-hmm. um, that I have I have there. So it's but we're, we're only up to February and 20 minutes in. Yeah. I'm okay. Well, let's go, go on to Jamal Bandy was on. He's a fellow uh, Christian podcast community host. And we talked about social justice back in March. And uh, maybe I'll let you guys talk a little, a little bit about this, but I've learned a little bit more about the subject since I talked to Jamal. And it's been in the news a little bit, just a little, just a little, you know, coming up to the election, just, just a tad. It's a hair. You, and actually, you talk more. You, you talk about social justice. I mean, you guys got into a discussion of Trump um, that was interesting. I mean, you know, he he has a, you know, for folks who don't know, may what social justice is. Maybe there's some that don't remember the episode or didn't hear it. But the, you know, if you think about Black Lives Matter, which I'm sure everyone's heard of, that's social justice. They're mm-hmm. trying to right the wrongs of perceived oppression that they have, and and you, it's refreshing to hear a guy like Jamal who who is black and just sees through this and just, you know, like he talked about there an episode he did on prescribed truth where he hears about all, all these, you know, like when this, we're hearing this black lives matter, all these cops are there just all looking to kill black people. And he actually ran the numbers. I think it was for 2018, every single black guy that was killed by a white officer. And he looked at them and there was only one, that he could actually look at to say that it was, might have been not justified. I mean, there's one where they called it, a, you know, a white cop killing a black guy. And the, the guy, a guy pulled a gun on an officer. The officer shot the guy. It went, the bullet went through the guy pointing the gun and actually killed the guy behind him. So that was unintentional. He didn't plan to kill any, he didn't plan to kill the guy that was standing behind him. Mm-hmm. Right. But there was provocation. And so he, he goes through things like that. Um, he, he explained what is going on with social justice. Uh, granted, you guys talked about his woke brother, mm-hmm. woke brother videos, which are hilarious. Have you, have you seen any of the woke brother? I have not seen any. Oh, of you bro. would love these. Okay. If you go to prescribe um, truth sure channel, on his would. YouTube channel, yeah, he, he goes into, he basically does a parody of, the social justice warriors and it's complete parody. Like he talks about, he takes real articles that they have in the newspaper. Like the fact that blacks are heavier because of people's white privilege. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you see this, my cheeks aren't this way because of I'm eating, I'm stuffing my face. It's this way because of your white privilege. And he, and like, he does it so serious. I don't know how he kept a straight face, but he does a whole bunch of those things. And they're, they're funny as all get out. But the, the funny thing is they're so, he does it so serious that people actually don't realize his parody. <laughs> it, it was great. But I thought, I thought that episode was really good at helping folks who, understand what's going on with social justice 
I know Fred, you've, you've been up on this. You've been studying this whole mm. nonsense for a while. Yeah. I think it's a totally different religion to be honest with you. And, uh, it's a false religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've appreciated Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, uh, particularly talking about sort of the origins of black lives matter and being with these, uh, two or three lesbian women who are really into the African um, mystical well, the, paganism and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the witchcraft. You know? Yeah. The witchcraft the stuff. spiritualism, yeah. And so whenever you're raising your fists and you're saying, say their name, you're trying to invoke an incantation about the, you know, dead spirits or something like that. And mm. um, so, yeah, it just, it's just, it's amazing to see, well, I guess the scriptures tell us this is going to happen, you know, with people becoming more and more, sorry about that. So more and more people coming to, um, are, oh, they're getting, getting ready to, uh, how would you say, just leaving the faith in some ways or being apostatizing. Yeah. Apostatizing because of their going, following these false religions. And you see that with black lives matter and these social justice issues Mm -hmm. Christians that you thought were solid and getting deceived to embrace all that stuff and to promote it in churches. And I'm hearing stories of people who, you know, Christians, you know, a black guy that's married to a white woman or some white guy married to a black girl that they're on the verge of divorce because, you know, the one gets woke and the other is not. And, churches that are beginning to split apart because of this stuff and uh, it really is tragic mm-hmm. but it's you know it's a satan comes to cause division i mean that's the yep. whole point well and, and this episode was back in march so this is before the death of george floyd george yep. so that's that's where it's you know you're hearing this you know especially if you listen go back and listen to that episode now you you see that you know Jamal was laying out what really ended up happening. I mean, we, we have that hindsight now that we can look at it. And you're right, Fred. I, I remember shortly after that being on a call with about <clears throat> a couple dozen pastors. I, I want to say three or four dozen pastors. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening to all these guys. They're, they're talking about how they're finally just being able to open up and be back at church. And now they have, they're having splits because all these people are demanding the pastor be promoting Black Lives Matter, and people others are saying, mm. like, no, all lives matter, and, and and churches are being split over. And I'm like, man, I mean, I was so glad our church didn't have any of that. And we're a pretty diverse. We do have, we do have someone who's married to a social justice warrior, um, but we really he doesn't come to church. But when we were online, <laughs> we, it was always interesting. Uh, and, and he and I have had some very lengthy and interesting talks, but we're, we're opposite ends. However, you know, I almost, you know, I almost think that one day I may do a podcast with him because even though we're at very different ends and have very differing views of each other's position, you know, he's not one of these guys that you must agree with me or you're anathema. Uh, he, he understands that we have differing views and he thinks my view is just based all completely on racism. You know, that might be a good apologetics, apologetics live episode or something. Yeah. It's just the problem is he, he's, he's not one for listening. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> yeah. it does, it does make me nervous because I just don't know where he may end up going. It's like, uh, he, you know, he, once he gets on a roll, he could, he could go he for claim to be a believer. He claims to be a believer. Yeah. See, I would, 
I don't think he can be. It's it's difficult to be a Christian and to hold to such a bizarro yeah. view of reality like that. It really is. And uh, now I I learned a lot since then. I learned a lot with Jamal, but I learned a lot since then, especially because of Andrew. You mentioned the George George Floyd and and the Black Lives Matter stuff springing up after that and whatnot. And um, I started seeing kind of into summer a lot of. Um, a lot of sources, a lot of online sources, you know, secular and, and Christian, starting to get a little bit deeper into what's going on and, and linking to Marxism and oh, yeah. uh, tying well, it to critical theory. There's critical theory, which is totally Marxist. Well, critical race theory, critical theory. The critical, it is all Marxist. And this is the thing people don't understand. And what drives me bonkers is churches that are supporting this and not trying to understand it. When the Marxism is the the first thing they want to do is get rid of Christianity, mm-hmm. and yet churches are going, no, we should be promoting this. You're like know what you're promoting now. I mean, so Black Lives Matter, the slogan, yes, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, okay. And it, reality is, and I did a podcast on this in the Rap Report, is that Black lives will not matter until all lives matter. Because until you have a respect for human life, period, mm-hmm. you're not going to respect black or white. As long as you think that one counts more than another, that you're going to put one above the other and, and say that we all have to be supportive of one, you're always going to have racism. You know, and but that the, seems the, to be the, the point is it's, it says it's not trying to heal racism. It's trying to no, it exas- it. exacerbate yeah. it. And I mean, they've changed it now, but I did an episode about what it is on, on my Apologetics Live pro- program. We did, we went through their 13 goals of Black Lives Matter, the organization. Now that's different than the slogan, okay? The organization is a Marxist organization. The, the three, you know, lesbian girls that started this admit to that. Mm-hmm. They say they're trained to Marxist and that's what they're trying to teach. So th- you can't separate that now. And the fact that they purposely say to use the slogan to promote their organization, I can't use the slogan then. I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, you have to recognize that it's, it is, it's the destruction of, of America. And that's what we see going on. I mean, the, the stealing of an election, it, the ends justify the means, and they will burn down cities and call it a peaceful protest and then call the riot police because there was, you know, peaceful, you know, rallies to, you know, for Trump. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's insane. Yep. They call it gaslighting. Well, yeah, it's what it is. It's, you know, when it was Bill Clinton, it was, you know, that, that you tell a lie long enough and people believe it. It is in logic. It, it's, it's a, a thing called gaslighting is, and it comes from a, uh, I think it was a 1950s or 1960s movie where a, a guy basically wanted to get his wife to kill herself. So he drove her nuts. He just kept telling, he kept turning the gas light down and telling her it was up or turning it up and saying it was down. And she, she just lost her mind. It, you know, I haven't seen the movie, but that's, that's what mm-hmm. it's based off of where if you lie to someone long enough, they start to believe the lie. That's what well, they the question their own is. sanity. You're, you're lied yeah. so persistently to that you question your own sanity. Yes. And, and yep. that's what the media, and that's, you, you want proof of that. We're off topic. I know, but you want proof of that. Just look at the way the media is treating parlor. 
Yeah. Right. They're, they're saying that parlor is the destruction of democracy. Really? <laughs> Having more places to have free speech. I mean, if yeah. anything, it's Twitter that's that's hurting democracy. It's saying, no, you can only think our way. Yeah, it's almost comical that they're like, uh, Twitter is, well, if you said something we didn't like, so we're going to kick you off. So then, then you go to parlor and then they see you bring your followers with and it's like, oh, wait, no, you can't go there. You can't be on yeah. ours, but you can't go there either. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you, you, they just, they don't want you to say anything. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's not a total off topic because it's, I mean, that's all part of the Marxism and the, the social Correct. justice stuff is all Marxism. This is all Marxism. Yeah. And, and Marxism has been, they've been trying it for, for decades under different things, whether it's, you know, the climate, global warming slash climate change slash mm-hmm. extreme weather, whether it's the racism, whether it's the homosexual agenda, they've been trying these different things to slip Marxism in, but that's been their goal right. is Marxism. And the underlying every common time, current of it, do it is that the, what they're doing is trying to find a way to divide people. Marxism yeah. started off dividing people on, on class lines, you know, you, just economic class. And in a lot of the world that worked just fine, but in America it never really worked because even the lower classes always at least had the hope that they could somehow become in the upper classes, whether or not they, they would, there was always that hope. If I can't, maybe my kids can, so, you know, there's always this class, there's this class mobility that just prevented it here and it never worked. So now they they're trying to drag it out through other areas, like dividing over uh, race. Well, you remember or, when Barack Obama got elected, that was going to end all racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Made it worse. Yeah. Now, and then in April, I had uh, Ryan Hobbin, my good friend and one of my board members on, and we talked about the Noahide laws. And Yeah, that one was uh, that was kind of interesting, too. I did listen to that one. And I wasn't really sure what he was trying to get across, if he was um, trying to encourage it or... Uh, I don't think so much he was encouraging. I think he was saying it's there. And if it's presented to you, you know, it's usually these. Um, so I didn't get to whether or not he thought it was a good thing or a bad well, it's thing. A, it's or, a I form it, of I proselytizing. Was, yeah, he, I took it that he was led, he was informing people to be knowledgeable of this because of the noetic law. And, and I, he, I know he said, new, you know, no hype. Uh, in, in Judaism, I've always heard it referred to as noetic. Mm-hmm. But. Right. The noetic law are these laws that are are from Noah, therefore they're universal for everyone. Now, where this gets played into, or where you're going to hear this the most in Christianity, is going to be in the Hebrew roots or the other mm-hmm. Torahism type of movements, where this is the first step into Torahism. If you don't know a Torahism, that's a, yeah, there's a book right. Torahism. I did a podcast both on Apologetics Live and Rap Report with the author, but it's a term he came up with to explain all the different varieties of people that put themselves back under the law. And this is one of the ways they do it. They start with the noetic law. Right. So it's a Judaizing type of uh, tool. Correct. But and, and so Ryan was, Ryan was talking about it as if somebody comes up and, and is trying to proselytize their Judaizing that, that I think he was kind of showing that you can use it to flip it around and, and show what the, the what the gospel is so he wasn't yeah. promoting oh. it so much as to showing this is how how they operate and this is how you can kind of counter yeah, it. all of my interaction with people who kind of hold to the no hide stuff they either come from it's always been online exclusively for the most part yeah. and they 
and they're like either trying to promote sort of this uh, Ten Commandments obedience, you know, works-oriented salvation, and that somehow we need to keep the no-hide law. That's what Jesus would want us to do, and they, they promote the vegetarian lifestyle, which because I think you mentioned or he mentioned in the, um, in the discussion about the whole you don't eat things in blood or something like that. Well, the, the last yeah, of the laws were... Where, you, uh, you eat an animal, you just have to drain all the blood. That's with with eating kosher, all the right. blood has to be drained out. And he had in the, he, in my show notes, I'm looking at the seven laws, and the last one was prohibition of eating meat from a living animal. Right. Which I don't know too many people that do that. Do you sit down and eat something that's yeah, still alive? No. Well, there. Are, yeah, you do. Uh, you know, think of monkey brains. The when they eat that, the monkey has to be alive when they beat it with a mallet and then they cut the skull. Not that I've ever tried it. Nor yeah, no, no, that That's not really my thing either. Yeah. It's not really my I'm willing to try a lot of things. I, mean, I don't even, even eat pineapple on pizza, that. so I'm not going to do monkey brains. Yeah, pineapple on pizza is good. I know. Isn't it great? I know. I, I don't understand these it. haters. Yeah, I don't get that either. That was I used to be a hater like shrimp, that. Shrimp and and pineapple, excellent. Um, All right, uh, do you do your yes. thing? Fred, Fred <laughs> prefers it raw. He likes he likes the raw fish. No, I'm not a raw fish. I, I want my fish cooked. Um, and I think when we went to eat sushi, you guys had your sushi, and I said, oh, you know, I'll take this uh, sea bass or whatever this thing is. It's cooked real well. <laughs> I wasn't there. No, yeah. you'll have to come sometime and visit with us. Well, I don't know. Uh, your your governor scares me. I don't know. A lot of governors scare oh, me, but yours is one of the, near the top of my list. <laughs> my own yeah. is scaring me now too. All right, right. You're uh, sure. You know. So Chris and I had we called it a, a discussion cornucopia. We had a few different topics we talked about. Um, while being a pastor's uh, gospel and the global pandemic. So this was kind of getting into the Corona era. And then uh, talk about Elf, the movie. No, I think that's him and James White have a feud going on Elf. Yeah. About Elf, the movie. <laughs> well, so with that one, although it wasn't entertaining, you guys, you know, I, I didn't get to hear what the other topics were that we did that you didn't discuss. Since uh, you you went you to know, your, I I threw away my show notes because that was in uh, what month was that May? I yeah. I don't have the show notes anymore, so I don't know. I don't remember. I think uh, you know, the well being of pastors is you know Chris you know got the award at the Christian Podcast Community for that episode that he did um, on that the last year where he he really just encouraged people to to think about what it is that a pastor's job is like. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, so that was, that's always helpful. Uh, any pastor appreciates that <laughs> at that point, you guys, well, were that, in, if I remember right, that's, this was a dual episode. So he posted this episode he, as he voice posted of this as well. Yes. Right. And, uh, you guys talked about the, uh, the, the non-global pandemic, mm-hmm. the pandemic that never actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you guys ended up talking about uh, legalism. Legal? Legalism, yeah. This is something that still has kind of been 
on my mind a lot is uh, I, I call it kind of a soft legalism where, um, I mean, we all are familiar with legalism. We know how it works, but, but um, I see a lot on, especially on Twitter, what I call a soft legalism where people try to not so much say you're being overtly unbiblical, but try to guilt you into not being, um, having, you know, too, you're not focusing in the right direction exactly like they want you to. And, Mm, right, right. So, uh, and, and I, yeah, it's it's really hard to describe, but uh, I th- I call it soft because because you're a softy. It's well, it's it's not it's subtle. It's a little bit more subtle than an overt, you know, like no dancing type legalism or no wearing jeans uh, legalism. Or you're not you're not as passionate and in and animated about my issue that I think you should be as passionate and well, yeah, animated. there you go. That would be a softer, it could be a soft legalism, <laughs> so, but they're not saying you're not anathematizing you. Why are you outraged about this? Like yeah. I am. Yeah. Seriously about well, and then that kind of ties in with a later episode. Uh, I did the one with Justin Peters on discernment and, yep. and how yeah. that whole discernment thing, you know, just that, you know, that interjects some soft legalism and, and there some was hard a, there legalism. Was a line- that Justin used, I mean, we're jumping several months ahead, but mm-hmm. the okay. line that, that okay. Justin used that was so great is, you know, he said there's, you guys were talking discernment and discernment ministries. And he said, there's some people who, if they didn't have someone to go after, they would, they'd be upset. And and I've seen that mm-hmm. like people that actually look like, you know, they're, they're sad. There's no one to go after. Like they're, they get so excited about, you know, finding dirt on people that, if they don't have anyone to go after, they, they feel sad. And it, it seems that there's some people that way. And I thought that was a great point that he made. Mm-hmm. They'll go after, you know, people who are good brothers in the Lord. Yeah. Because it kind of going back to what we were saying before is because you don't see this view like I see it. And I've got the right perspective and you're not approaching it like me or whatever it is. And so that person gets blasted you know these brothers get blasted mm-hmm. and uh you know it's just it's ridiculous or yeah, uh, another I mean, big that, one i that, see is where they start going after somebody because they're in they're involved in some way with somebody else who's problematic yeah, right. yeah you know there's a guy who is really funny there's a guy that goes after justin he goes after justin peters MacArthur. Paul Washer, Phil Johnson, all, all these I guys. Know exactly who he's talking about. And, I've been leaving <clears throat> comments on his YouTube channel about his so mishandling here, of his relationship with that girl. But, dude, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. So here, here's the thing that's interesting with it. I, I remember talking, you know, with him, and I've I've actually met him in New York. Okay, uh, he came out when we were evangelizing. First off the bat. Uh, you know, he just t- comes off when I met him, he just came off very effeminate. He was like managed a hair salon. So we, we just kind of were like, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but you know, the, the thing that was interesting is his argument was that John MacArthur is a heretic because he went, he spoke at a conference with John Piper and John Piper spoke at a conference with Rick Warren. Therefore MacArthur is a heretic. And therefore, anyone that MacArthur associates with is a heretic. And I remember saying, but but Joshua, I've had a meal with John MacArthur, and I've had a meal with you. 
you're a heretic. He's like, no, it doesn't count that. You know, I'm like, that's your argument. <laughs> so no matter how you work at it, you're a heretic. You're a heretic if we look at what scripture says, or you're a heretic by your own standard. <laughs> Either way, you're a heretic. Mm. You know? Well, so, I was thinking of like, uh, like James White is, he does some things with uh, Michael Brown. And so, you know, there's a lot of, issues with Michael Brown's theology and his relation mm-hmm. to the word of faith and the, and the charismatic stuff. And, but that because uh, J- James White would do things on like homosexuality with Michael Brown and therefore James White is tainted because even though he had the right perspective on that, which they're cooperating on, you're cooperating with the wrong guy. Yeah. There is an element of that. I see. What, I mean, I try to judge, you know, the person by what kind of what they teach, and if they are associating with somebody that is extremely, you know, it's like, why are you hanging out with that guy? <laughs> and uh, you know, I try to talk with them about it, and um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and let them, because I know James, for instance, and I know mm-hmm. he's a solid guy, right. And, um, you know, he's, again, it's, it's, it's a matter of like, well, if he's friends with him, wants to be friends with him and do whatever, I'm not going to tell you not to, you know, but I'm not going to necessarily do that, you know, but I'm not going to throw you under the bus because I might disagree with the guy that you're, you know, buddies with and doing your stuff with, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd have to be a full on there has to be something extremely problematic. And, and of course that's where you have to sort of exercise some maturity and wisdom with your discernment by sort of evaluating, okay, what exactly are they doing? Why are they, you know, what are they doing? Cause I think John did a, he did something at the NRB, which is a national radio broadcasters conference yeah. And people got all over him because they were other weirdos and wackadoodles that were there getting awards and stuff. And they're like, well, John's on stage with this raving charismatic loon. Okay. Well, John is not there. It's not a church. It's not a yeah. mystery There's thing. It's just a convention. Yeah. It's a, you know, get together and they do this thing every year. It's everybody under the house and the nuts and soups is there. And, and that's just, you know, you got to have some kind of wisdom. It's one thing if you got the raving lunatic charismatic speaking at your church on a regular basis rather than going to some kind of convention or even some sort of conference where that person might be on the stage at some point where you're going to be on the stage. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like it, it, it's not like MacArthur's made his stance clear. <laughs> mm, I know. He hasn't had whole conferences on the subject. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I talked in uh, June with uh, Kofi on Attributes of God. It's like kind of a fun episode. Yeah, that, that was a good episode. You you didn't get through all. <laughs> you, you were trying to get in as many of the attributes as you could. Yeah, um, well, there's, it, obviously there's was way before, too many. Yeah, and th- this was before Kofi's had the, the the wildfire that burned down his house. Yeah, no, yeah. that was wild. I'm sad so. to hear that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he was, uh, going through, um, I'm trying to remember which attributes I can remember from the head sovereignty and yep, immutability, 
a good discussion on decrees of God. That was really good. Yep. The way he laid that out was, was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the holiness of God, the wrath of God. Sovereignty, um, the solitariness and immutability. Yeah. Yeah. Solitariness and immutability are the others. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's important. I mean, look, for, for people that should go back and re-listen to that one, because anyone that wants to do anything in theology, you have to know the attributes of God. If, you, if you're trying to do theology without having a good handle of the attributes of God, God's attributes are going to be, like, theology is the study of God. Therefore, anything you're going to do in the study of God is going to be based on his attributes. So he, the, the attributes of God are necessary mm-hmm. to understanding any theology. Yeah. Because if your theological position disagrees with the attributes of God, you're wrong. It's like when people go, oh, well, I looked down at God, looked down the tunnel of time and saw who was going to believe in him. And then he elected them. Well, OK, then you no longer have a God that is eternal and outside of time because he's now bound by it by having to look down the tunnels of it. And you don't have a God that's omniscient. Because he doesn't know all things, he had to observe what you did and then make a decision based on that. So why do I reject that argument? Because it's a different God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's how you, why you have to understand the attributes of God and how it plays out. Yeah, yeah pretty much all the weirdo cults and stuff that you uh, encounter um, come because they have a, their views of God and his attributes are all skewed or messed up in some fashion. And, uh, you know, you're absolutely right about that. If you don't have a solid take on who God is, a biblically informed understanding of God, you get into all kinds of error. All of the major heresies were stem from some guy's strange views of who Christ was, who God was, and his decrees, all of that stuff. And you notice that they're always like in the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm working on a message. Uh, Dr. Anthony Svestro and I are going to be down in Florida doing a, a seminar on social justice. And, you know, I'm looking up all the passages that social justice warriors use to defend, you know, saying the Bible defends their view. It's just like the cults. It's all from the Old Testament. They, they rip it out of its historical context and go, oh, yeah, this is what it means. No, that's not what it means. It has it has a context, <laughs> which which fits actually that kind of fits into the, the episode you did with great Gabe Hughes. Because the next one. Came there. Yeah. Yep. Now, before we go to that one, I just wanted to point out um, on the attributes of God that if you go into that show and the additional resources, the first listed item on additional resources was a book, an ebook by A.W. Pink, which was the basis of our discussion. And that's why that's number one. But then the second one was your series on the rap report, because you did a whole series on your daily podcast on the attributes of God. Oh, really? And then Stephen Charnock. And uh, does he have Stephen Charnock on there, too? That's a must. If yes, you're I do. I, that's that's uh, I got number four that's on my list. Is, that's also you a free know. ebook. Well, it's a massive. It's probably a gig of material <laughs> for you. <laughs> but that one is up on monergism.com, so I have it linked there on on the also on there. Nah, and it's AW better to get that in a hardcover and read it in your bed or something. Yeah. Or read it in a chair. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, 
the the one on the that you did for my podcast was probably what the daily right um well I'm let me guessing. just click on the link here that, that was the two the two minute monday through friday one that i would do oh you know what i because i i needed to, oh. a link i think i took the full episode that you did yeah, no, you, you know what you did together okay. Yeah, where I put them all together because I used to do the two minutes and then I would do a bonus where they they were all put together sure. as one. Yeah, I listened it. to it over the summer while I was working. I would binge a bunch of the little two minute episodes, but just be, for the sake of having a single link in the additional resources, I yeah, did no, that, that worked out well. That's that, that's about an hour then. Yeah, one hour you get through all the attributes. Yeah, in short shots. So then the next one you brought up already was the the Bible project with Gabe Hughes, which was a, a popular episode and a lot of fun. And a lot of people really liked that one. I, you know, I'll be honest before I listened to this one, I was, I was unfamiliar with the Bible project. I mean, Fred probably no, knows, I'm, knows I'm not cause I've got relatives and um, loved ones. Should I say who are really into those guys and um, the guy they put together these clever and very well done uh, charts and pictures of like, you know, each book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so they sell that, you know, you can get a framed, you know, sort of outline of the book of Psalms or whatever. And, um, and I just knew when I started listening to that, cause my wife would listen to some of their stuff, you know, when she was getting ready on Sunday morning or whatever. And I started listening to it and I was like, and I'd like some of the, you just would have these little one-off comments. And I just, you know how you have sort of your, your scam gar kind of goes off. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm, I don't. Scam gar? You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, you know, that's yeah. not. And then when I, I think I, Gabe was one of the first ones I heard that kind of made some, um, I guess you could say uh, criticisms of them. And so I went and kind of looked at Gabe's stuff. I think I reached out to him and he said, these guys are like supporting NT right. And they hold to a whole lot of mm. higher critical stuff. I mean, they're all into, um, well, the, that's the thing that kind of, uh, I think prompted me to want to, uh, I think mention to you to maybe ask Gabe about this is Gabe had done a video talking about how they're all into Michael Heiser, who's the mm -hmm. Logos Old Testament guy. And he's got some wonky views of the Old Testament and demons and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, what does he call that again? It was like the well, I Heiser's I, terminology. The yeah, um, I can't remember Heiser's. He's using a lot of he, Heiser kind of comes from his view that the ancient you need to study the ancient near eastern religions and mythology in order to kind of get a handle on where the old testament was coming from and how to understand the old testament and that the old testament was using a lot of their concepts and that sort of thing uh when it's describing angelic beings and demons mm -hmm. and um somebody else i can't remember if it was Amy Spearman, someone else that I um, know online, some other gal who's all into new age stuff, sent me a bunch of links. I'm wanting to say, didn't I get that through you? I might have got that through Andy. Sent that, sent me some stuff that she had put on Facebook, kind of going into Michael Heiser's stuff and how. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook, so it wouldn't have been through me. A lot of strange stuff. And she, um, you know, Gabe just did a good job. I think those guys are a problem. They're not, <laughs> I think Christians need to be very weary of 
getting anything from them and listening to them. They sound great. They sound it's very, very flashy, well. very nicely put together. Yes, like tech, it's, it is. Technically videos. the way but, the devil works, isn't it? Right. It's, it's well, but, but I think, I think Gabe put it out well is the fact that it's not what they say, but what they don't say. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. That was where, you know, he, he was talking about it and saying, yeah, they're, what they're saying here is good, is good. And, and it was good because Gabe said, okay, here's three things I like about them, but then yep. here's three things I have concern about them. And when he did that, he's going through it. So it wasn't just a, let me do a hit piece on them. He, right. he gave credit where credit was due, but he was saying, he started to realize that, man, you're missing like big things. Like how do you, how do you cover something and you skip like, I you think know, one computer. of them had to do with the atonement and yeah. just the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what Christ did on the cross, which they were not trying. They were not tying it to the Old Testament sacrificial system or something like that. I can't remember right offhand, but 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 that is a, a thing that we have to be aware of. Is you know is to be, pay attention to what people are saying, but also pay attention to what they're not saying when they're trying to cover a text of scripture. If well, they're just big theological concepts that are important, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, correct. But but it may be if it's theological concepts they don't like, they're going to skip over it. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, that's where he became aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. I think I listened to that episode at Lake Tahoe when I was on vacation. Oh, look at you! Some other friends going to Tahoe, huh? I, I remember seeing well <laughs> Donner that- Lake, but we drove around Lake Tahoe. <laughs> um, we, we were about ten miles from there. But we had a good time. And I remember listening to that. Oh, I got to. And I, uh, we'd come back after water skiing or something. I can't remember what it was. Water tubing. And I downloaded that thing and listened to it while I was laying on the bed trying to relax my muscles after a long hike or whatever it was we were doing because I was exhausted. So. Here's I, I'm really curious to get you guys' thought on uh, the discussion with uh, Eric Dalma in August on the made in the image of God thing. Cause that was one where I was kind of exploring some, a theological angle and he was there to try to be my guardrail and keep me from going off into heresy. Okay. So remind me, I don't know if I remember hearing that one or not. What's so the basis of the, uh, this was August and uh, Eric Dalma and he's my pastor. And, uh, the basis of it was just exploring this idea of what does it really mean to be made in God's image that we're made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of exploring this consequence where if, if we are made in God's image, that, that, that makes sin much more weighty than we ever imagined before, because anything we do reflects on him and his character. So if we sin, then we're saying to to the creation that this is what God is like. And and kind of, in a way, saying all sin ultimately ends up being blasphemous because we're not only committing a sin that's, out, you know, we're doing things outside of God's nature, but we're then testifying to creation that that's, that's who God is, when in fact it's not. Right, right. Well, it's that his, it's a slight against his holiness and his otherness. Right, but it's not um, just to damage his law or to, to go, you know, to, to disobey and to do that, which he says well, is wicked, but it also t- tarnishes his name and his image. Right. And because we're saying, because we're made in his image, 
we're we're blaspheming by saying this is who God is. If we say if we commit adultery, then we're saying God is an adulterous God. If we steal, then God is a, th- a thieving God. And if we kill, God is a murderous God. Right, right, right. Yeah, but when we say that we're made in the image of God, we're, that means that we have those attributes which are communicated to us that theologians would call communicable attributes, mm-hmm. those that are that we share in common. That's what makes us in the image of God. Now, you know, there's different ways of breaking down the attributes. Uh, I, I choose to take the perfections of God or the attributes of God. And I, there's those that are for deity. God alone has omniscience, right. omnipotence, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, there's others that only God has. Then there's attributes of personality, things that, people have so that god's going to have them angels are going to have them we're going to have them but then there's attributes of morality that only people are going to have angels don't have them well god has them obviously because god has all the the attributes he passes them on but you know it's it's the attributes of of personality angels wouldn't share so when we say made in the image of god it means that we have attributes that god has given to us that animals don't have Mm-hmm. You, you know, for as much as people try to say, oh, the animals, they have they have morality. Really? Show me their courts. <laughs> show show me where they actually set up court and discuss a crime. No, they have instinct. They just have built into them a behavior that they, they can't change. Right. You know. And so when we speak of the image of God, I think, you know, we, we, it's, it's one where I think this is an area. And I think this episode was good because it was really giving some definitions around things, but this is an area, a lot of cults get into trouble, right? The Mormons, you know, church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, they will, uh, they will take this to say, well, if he's in the image, he's a physical image. Therefore God, the father, Heavenly Father lived on another planet as a man, and then he became God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus lived on this planet, and he's going to become God. So it's it's really it gets us some some craziness with this. Now, one of the other areas, and I don't think you brought it up on on your show, but the other area with this that people get into is they start saying that we're all made in the image of God, so we're all God's children. No, John mm-hmm. one twelve disagrees with that. Only those who know Christ have the right to be called the child of God. You know, and so the image of God is an important topic. Mm-hmm. Your next episode wasn't that important, though. <laughs> I think Fred has a better way we could discuss that. Well, I did. Yeah, we talked to Alan Kirshner about his uh, documentary on problems with the pre-trib. Now, I'm a pre-rather when it comes to eschatology, tribulation view, and you guys are both pre-trib. So, no, no, we're both biblical. No, I said you said you're pre trip. I'm, I'm kind of actually ambivalent about that. <laughs> I, like I was saying before we started and we were gonna mention this is just I can squabble with you, I guess, about the timing of the rapture. I don't really I really don't care so much about I mean about when that happens. Mm-hmm. What I'm more concerned about is the all mill, pre mill, post mill kind of divide. And the reason why I say that is because your hermeneutics and how you approach scripture define how you're going to understand those prophetic eschatological passages. 
and I was seeing more and more, and this is something that just gets in my under my skin, where you have these uh, neo reform guys, um, God love them, and they're in their eagerness to defend covenant theology and all that stuff. They they have no problem just turning everything in the Old Testament into some kind of spiritual type, and everything is about Jesus. And if you challenge that, somehow you're deficient or you somehow don't love Jesus enough. So if you tell them, like, you know, I know. And, and, I, and so, for example, usually the big hinge, for example, is um, how you understand David. And it's like, well, you know, on David divide this uh, fight Goliath. That's really it's not about you. It's about Jesus fighting your, you're the cowering Israelites over there on the hill and it's, you're fighting Goliath. He's fighting, you know, the sin and the devil. And I'm like, that story has nothing. It's stories about God elevating David in the nation of Israel so that he would become the right king over Saul. That's what that story is about. It has nothing to do. God put him on public display for the Israelites to see that they had a true champion who followed God. And to try to start then pouring into all this meaning about, oh, this is all about Jesus, and this is what this story is really about, and rereading the whole entire Old Testament, um, I it just it, it, that plays into your hermeneutics and how you're going to handle the Bible and how you're going to read Scripture. And uh, there's just more and more in recent years, um, guys are getting published or publishing books on this. And they just find it completely okay to reinterpret the entire Old Testament according to some New Testament paradigm. And so that everything in the Old Testament is about Jesus. Uh, There was a book on, I remember getting recommended to me. It's about how every judge is a type of Christ. And I'm like, really? Every judge is a type of Christ? And I'm just thinking about Shamgar and, you know, (laughs) Ehud stabbing the guts of... uh, you know, the, the king there, and uh, I'm just, um, I'm like, okay, every one of those guys, Gideon in his sort of adulterous sort of way, or Japheth sacrificing his daughter, I mean, that's the type of Christ, I mean, seriously, it's, it's uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, the whole story in chapter 19 about the guy that's, you know, basically gives his wife or his concubine out to be raped all night to these gang of hoodlums and you know it causes a civil war in israel it just uh i just was just kind of floored that they would have this approach to the bible but your views of eschatology and how you understand prophetic passages kind of flows out of that and um, that's what i'm more concerned about and then we can if we're going to talk about the rapture and when that takes place i'll be happy to discuss that but i'm not so much i'm not as concerned about your view of that as i am that at least you have the right view of how the people of God are explained throughout the old Testament and everything. So that's sort of my rant. I wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> do you feel better now? I do. I can sleep now. Is it therapeutic? <laughs> it's therapeutic. It's <laughs> yeah. I should do something sometime on, uh, on, on those more generalized millennial views and stuff. That'd be a good topic. I tried to well, get into get uh, Alan to come back. Alan's got good stuff on. Yeah. When he was and I think we've talked about maybe doing that sometime. Alan moved closer to home. He used to be in New Jersey and now he's moved back to, he, he's in Wisconsin, not that far from here. 
So we're talking about maybe doing more stuff together in the future. Andrew's just kind of like checking the clock and like, are these guys going to wrap up soon or I got work to do. He's not actually all that interested in <laughs> end times scenarios. Yeah. I'd rather talk Justin Peters that, that, you know, the next Well, we one. already did, but we could come back again. Well, you can, you can never talk enough good about Justin. So just for the record. Yeah. We talked a little discernment. We've already talked a little bit about that with the discernment with Justin yeah, he said that was a good episode, and I appreciate. It. I always try to catch all the stuff that he's on, and um, and when he's speaking like that in various podcasts, just to kind of hear his take on stuff. And he was probably one of the original guys who started doing discernment ministry, and in a sense that he's evaluating many of these key um, ministries, I guess you could say, or key mm-hmm. pastors and individuals who have major footprint in the evangelical world. I mean, probably not in our immediate circle of friends, but obviously in the broader American landscape of, you know, wild eyed Christianity in some respects. And just um, not just talking, you know, trash about the various personalities, but just what the health and wealth guys taught as far as the gospel, that was always a concern with him. And um, I remember some of his original um, DVDs talking about that were so helpful in understanding, okay, it's one thing to see Benny Hinn waving his coat and knocking people down. It's what he's teaching that is a problem you know, mm-hmm. to address. Yeah, well, you, if you really like his stuff, Fred, I don't know if you've seen his latest video that came out, I think, today. He's finally, after like two or three years of having a podcast with old episodes, he's finally going to start recording some new episodes. Oh, starting uh, in in December. Will that be on YouTube? I don't know if it'll be on YouTube, but I, I do know it'll be at the Christian Podcast Community. Yeah, okay. the, but the video you just referenced, was that on YouTube? or The video's on YouTube. Yeah, the video is on his YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Usually I have a bunch of YouTube channels I subscribe to. And so when I've, I've gone to like sitting at my desk, most of my podcasts I used to download on my phone, but now I'm, I'm more and more sitting at my desk getting labels and that sort of stuff ready to win. So in the morning I get there before anyone does and on double speed, listen to put the video on, so, listen to the thing. And double double speed with Justin Peters is normal speed for most. Of them. <laughs> right. draw, I know he's all slow and everything like this. Yeah. Anyway. But, but that was good. It's always good to have Justin talk about discernment because yeah. there's two, two guys that do discernment well is Todd Friel and Justin Peters. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of problems with discernment ministry. And Justin brought it up. You know, you have guys that just they make a name for themselves going after people. So they're just going to keep going after people. And Justin and Todd kind of I, I have an episode on, on the rap board, Todd Friel, where I just said, OK, where's the where's the limits on these things? Like because he always he there's a line he won't cross. You know, he, he'll be like, no, we, we, we got it. We don't know. So we can't say these things. Uh, Phil Johnson does it well as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, Fred's going to be biased because that's his boss. But, you know, hey, tough. sort of kind of. Yeah, so he's not really that bossy. <laughs> we'll have to work on him <laughs> usually when I see him he's coming down to get a sandwich or something <laughs> but those guys are good at actual discernment I mean they have discernment in their discernment they know where to draw a line and and yeah. uh, 
Like, and, and they're not just going after people to go after people. Cause right. you know, there's a pattern you see with discernment ministries. You, you see someone who makes a name for themselves because they expose somebody, whoever it is, they, they came out and, and they did the research and it took, it usually takes months of research and they expose somebody and they get a name for themselves and they keep digging on someone else. And again, they expose somebody and, you know, they get a lot of attention, but now they're looking for who do they go after next? And when you get that, oftentimes what you see is that those type of discernment bloggers or whatnot, they start looking for someone to go after rather than looking at the issues. And over time, what I notice is, eh, well, you know, let's cut some corners. Let's do this. You know, there, there was a, a an article written on Piper that went, literally around the world translated in many languages. And um, the issue was, is, you know, and I was challenged to deal with the, the issue of, of what it said. And the problem with what it said was when, when I went back and looked at the original articles and then read their articles and then went back, I, you know, I spent hours going through it and there, there were things where, you know, they, they had Piper quoted as saying things he never actually said. When I talked to the author, the author said, well, that's what he means. You can't put it in quotes. Oh. And, and, and the quote was sound like, you know, Piper said, works are necessary for salvation. What he refers to is, is sanctification, the process of sanctification. And, you know, in, in, our, in that final judgment, those works are going to play into our sanctification. But his quote was, works are necessary for salvation. And they said, quote, Works are necessary to earn salvation, unquote. Now, that's a very different statement, right, right? right? And that's where people start, they start cutting corners. And then it's like, oh, but look at it. We got so much attention. We must be right. No, it's just that other people are looking at what you're doing. It looks scholarly. It looks well-researched. But when someone like me comes along and does original research, it goes, no, this wasn't done well. In fact, it's slander because you're misrepresenting what, what the guy is saying. They're, they're even having him say the exact opposite of what he's saying. And so, I mean, not, I'm not defending Piper because he, you know, I think Piper's major issue is he tries to be so nuanced all the time that he creates confusion. And then he tries to be more nuanced when answering the confusion, just be clear, just, you know, not play the games, but he, he gets himself in that trouble. But, and, and a lot of people don't understand what he's really arguing is is someone he studies a lot and, and understands, and that's Jonathan Edwards, because a lot of his talk of final salvation is from Jonathan Edwards and his writings and his battle that he had in his day on the same issue of of the issue of, you know, works and, and regeneration and sanctification. So, you know, this is the thing I see with some of these discernment bloggers is they just start cutting corners. Then once they get to cutting corners, some of the guys just give up and they just decide they know better than everybody. And they just outright lie, lie about people. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they, they're the ones that people need to be discerning. A great example is the one we mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, what is go? Who is YouTube is, is Joshua's YouTube. Chris, service, Chris, uh, Christus or something yeah, service like Christus. I mean, he's, he's a complete sham. He, he, he's, he doesn't attend church. He doesn't believe in pastors or deacons. I mean, he doesn't believe what the Bible says about church, but he knows better. He knows better than God, <laughs> you know, is what it comes down to. Right, and right, so what does right. he do? He, he makes tons of money slandering solid brothers. 
like Justin mm-hmm. Peters and Phil Johnson and John MacArthur and Paul Washer, you know, just slams them. Um, well, we're at an hour and 15 and counting, and we only got one left, though. Wow. November, um, Chris Drew, we talked about Assurance of Salvation, which was really timely for me. Were you questioning your salvation? No, it was just with this. Was that, uh, because of the election, the election, the election did it to you. Yeah. It, it gave you such anxiety. Not you were like, election. I need the assurance of my salvation no. because Trump <laughs> might not have won. Yeah. Well, that it was only like two weeks ago that I recorded that with him. And um, we still are going through this election stuff. And it's there's been a lot of anxiety with it. And just like... You know, hey, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Side note with the election. It's amazing that the Democrats did what no Republican has been able to do. Fire up the conservative base to get out and start protesting like liberals. I mean, <laughs> the, the liberals, don't, you know, the, the, the people that protest don't work all day so they can be protesting all day and night. But those uh-huh. of us that actually work can't get out and do things. But I'm seeing these crowds. They got like 800,000 people in D.C. for a rally yeah. that came from all over the country. It's like, wow. You know, yeah. no. so, I mean, the, the Republicans haven't been able to do that. So when I say timely, you know, that, that stuff, it's, it's really anxiety inducing, but, but getting my mind focused back on where, you know, eternal things sure yeah. helps that. Well, and the doctrine of assurance is often confused because people mistake the assurance of our salvation, which is the knowledge of our salvation, the, that emotional feeling of it versus eternal security that. Right. When we're saved, we're not going to lose that. Yeah. There is a difference between those two doctrines. Right. Definitely. But they, one does kind of help, help with work with the other. Well, sure. Because the thing that helps our assurance of salvation is the knowledge that once we're saved, we can't lose it. Mm -hmm. I mean, two, two books of the Bible are helpful for this, right? First John, yep. which deals with the whole issue. That's of the whole theme of the book. Is That's the theme of the book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then James, and people James. don't often think about it, but what is James about? It's, it's, you know, all these different ways of testing genuine faith. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you examine your faith and you realize, yes, I have a genuine faith, then you can go to first John and go, and therefore I'm assured in my salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, so many of your scripture references there, 1 John 2, 3, 1 John 3, 14, 1 John 5, 13. I mean, so much of that, right? It, it, was, it was throughout the episode because 1 John is, is the book that's when you're book, struggling yeah. with your assurance, that feeling that you're, being, that you're saved. Mm-hmm. And usually the, you, you lack that feeling because there's typically some sin in your life that you've been giving yourself over to. Brad, you're uh, contemplating there. Do you have a sin you want to confess? Or? No. It, he he, <laughs> he really likes bacon. He's got, he's got an issue with bacon, I know. He puts it next to pineapple no. on his pizza. Uh, no, I, that probably would be good. Actually, pineapple and bacon is pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to try that. That's actually, that sounds good. I'm going to have to try that. Papa John's has a really good barbecue pizza, and so we just switch it up with Pri- well, you know what? bacon and pineapple we we used to make when we kids when our kids who were still in our house we used to make our own pizza and that's why we 
toss whatever sounded good on it. So yeah, we're gonna be doing that. We, maybe for for Thanksgiving since we can't, do, I'm not allowed to do anything else for Thanksgiving because the you know tyrants are locking down on holidays. Um, you know, then you know maybe my wife and I'll make a you know bacon and pineapple pizza. I'll have to see about that. <laughs> but you, you, by the way, did side note? Did you guys notice like in New York where you couldn't have you couldn't celebrate resurrection Sunday. That was like, no, that's bad. You're going to kill people. Mm. You couldn't, you couldn't celebrate Passover because that's bad. You're going to kill people. But in New York city where you weren't allowed to, to have anyone inside a, you know, worship center house of worship, they actually set up 75 places during Ramadan to get halal food. Like they can cook on their own. They, they actually had, Government yeah, workers. I didn't hear anything about that. Oh yes, they had government workers providing food, and they they the, the mayor was like, "There, we have seventy five places out for you to get hello food. Contact here to find where to go." And then before Ramadan, they actually went into mosques to put tape around where they could kneel in prayer. And I'm like, "Wait a minute, they can enter their house of worship for prayer with no masks, but going to church or synagogue, you're killing people." I don't know. Well, that's been that kind of hypocrisy is everywhere. Yeah. Been here and Andy, yeah. don't get us started on this one, Andy. <laughs> We're going to work us up into a heart attack. Anyway. I think I'm having one right now. Well, we need some assurance, Andy. Yeah. So we should talk about that episode. I thought we did. We, we, we already yeah, did but the biggest problem is you guys were quoting from the Westminster Confession. You know, you should have quoted well, from the because Bible. Chris, Chris is a Presbyterian and... Oh, that's right. <laughs> but a lot of that stuff is in I know, all of that stuff really is also in the, the 1689 London Baptist too. So, mm. but being a Presbyterian, he's, he's convinced that they uh, got it right the first time, I think is how he put it. Yes. They, no, I agree. They got it right the first time. It's called the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we are an hour and 20 in. So, uh, and if people have listened to this, to this the long. very end here, holy cow. Well, they're probably There's listening nothing holy at, about cows. They're probably listening at three times like Andrew does. They are. That's what it yeah. is. We sound much more intelligent when you <laughs> play us back at a faster speed. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or there's another thing that happens. Actually, when you play at higher speed, and this is on I teach podcasters to play their podcast at least at double speed. Because if you say um, like, uh, a lot, you pick it up on double speed or triple speed. So if you do that a lot, you actually sound less smart. See? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll have to try that. Um, I'll like try that later. I'll um, try that, yeah. Um, yeah, we, and if you really want Chris Hahn holds at triple speed, it's fun. <laughs> okay. I don't know if my listen to voice the reason radio at triple, triple speed is really good. Yeah. I mean, see the, the reason is because Richard's story is from the South. So at triple speed, he sounds the way most normal people sound at triple speed, you know, because oh, really? he's got that, you know, Southern drawl and, Slow speed. So, how what would you set the speed at if Richard interviewed Justin Peters? Would you do like Three. a six speed? Well, I can't get a six speed, so yeah. Oh. 
See, see, the thing is, when I listen to podcasts, Andy, if it, I'm listening and if I'm if I'm listening at like one or two speed, my mind will start to wander. They say things and I'm, I start thinking about other things. So if I'm listening at triple speed, I don't have the cycles to have my mind wander. And I actually pay attention more to a podcast. OK, OK. I, my, my podcast player won't go triple speed. He just goes to two times. That's about it. Yeah, that's that is the reason I won't change my podcast player. It's called Downcast. You use Downcast. Downcast. Downcast, and it, it's one of the only ones I know that will go triple speed. Really? And Fred, what is do it, you use? You're an Android I use guy, dog right? Catcher. I use Dogcatcher yeah. too when I'm on my phone. I love Dogcatcher. Yeah, it's great. Yep. I had, it took a while to get over that. Um, you know, everything it, it kind of goes bottom up. Yep. Yep. But. Um, but I thought you could switch that. Can't you switch that? Yeah. Like- no, I, it, you can. I got Dogcatcher so many years ago, though. It, I went before you could do that. Right. So. I was, that's probably the closest one I've found that mimics. And is it still you know, like iPod the, kind of thing, you know? Well, if we don't end soon, I'm going to have a lot more editing to do to get this down into a reasonable length. So. All right, man. Thanks, guys. And it's I'll, uh, I look forward to having you again in a year. No, All right. Lord willing. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax exempt status, and your donations are tax deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com slash support. That wraps up episode 152. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com slash 152. Be sure to check out the website also for links to connect with Echo Zoe on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Parlor, and would love to connect with you. So follow, like, and subscribe to Echo Zoe Ministries. Help us also get the word out by sharing or retweeting the announcements to your favorite episodes. And with that, Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the January episode of Echo Zoe Radio. 